When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. I like this segment a lot because Dean Ma gets us from the AFL umpiring fraternity and head of WA. Uh, are you head of WA umpiring as well? Yeah, Waffle umpiring manager. Yeah, manager. Umpiring, that's it. Yeah. That's a good title. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Always good to be here. Always like to spike the ratings between <laughs> 11 and 11.30 on the Sporting Goss. Exactly right. Now, I banned myself off Twitter. So, like, I, well, sorry. No, hang on. I'll just cut to the chase here. So, I don't do – I don't follow my own Twitter. I'm now up to oh, – no. Ten days of not tweeting, right, and wow. not responding on the advice of uh, one Adam Gilchrist. He's told me now you just need to uh, de-stress yourself a bit. So I've de-stressed off Twitter, but the Sporting Goss uh, app, yes, thank you, the Sporting Goss tweet and the Gillian Goss tweet, which I don't control, just to clarify, mm-hmm. I don't control. We put it out there and I put it out on my Insta to say that you were coming in. Well, don't they love queuing up when you and I are in the studio together? But can I just say, you look better for the 10-day de-stress. <laughs> you look good, you look younger, you look lighter. I feel better. And you're sounding good. So I feel good. better. Thank you for coming in. Um, look, I want to hit straight off the top. Steve Hocking is uh, moving back down to Geelong as the CEO of the football club. Um, directly, indirectly, has had a lot to do with the way the game is now being played and, and indirectly the way the game is being officiated because he's not the head of umpiring, but he certainly has oversees that department. Um, your thoughts on his departure? Sad um, was my first thought because Steve has brought to our team and I think the game, he's made some really strong decisions. And I think at the time when we talked about 666 and even the stand rule recently, people were like, oh, we're, we're changing the fabric of the game. But I think it's made the game better. And if you really peel it right back from an umpiring point of view, um, from a player's point of view, even a coaching point of view, and I think watching the game visually, Tim, I think he's been a great advocate for the game. And he's a, he's a, he's a football person, hence he's gone back to his, his club there. And I just want to share a little story about Steve. I was obviously on the Gold Coast Hub last season and we're in the gym and doing a fair bit of sessions in there. And and Steve would come down quite regularly and do a session. And he worked pretty hard, I have to say. He he got sweat up. And one thing I did notice about Steve was when people came in, be it an AFL coach, assistant coach, um, a trainer, an umpire, he would always go to his boat and say, thanks for the contribution you're making to our sport this year. Because people had to make some significant sacrifices. And I, and I remember seeing that four or five times in that gym. And I thought, wow, that's a people's person in a really significant job. And it was something that I'll never forget. And I think he um, is a valued member of the footy industry. He is. And uh, he's the loss of the AFL, but great that he's still involved in footy taking over from one of the all-time great CEOs of the game. And that is Brian Cook, who's a ripping fellow who was involved at West Coast when West Coast won their first flag back in the 90s. Uh, Roy from Temple Stowe, um, he wants to congratulate you on 450 games. But it's not your 450th game. It is that of Brett Rosebery. It is. I haven't got there quite yet, Roy. But, um, yeah, certainly Brett Rosebery, one of the, as you know him pretty well, Great fella. Great guy. Uh, Certainly one of the greatest umpires of all time. You don't have to see his record. Eight grand finals. You know, the most finals of any umpire. 
it's a bit of a closer um, connection with Brett for me too, Tim, because we come from the same junior district, Demons Junior Umpires. And I remember umpiring Brettie when I was a little bit, I'm a little <laughs> bit older. And I'll never forget paying a 50 against him when he gave me the biggest bake at all, of all time at Bearhaven at, in Thornley. And he's never let me live it down. He always brings it up at any function we go to. But <laughs> he's a great person, a great umpire. And for those who don't know, he also is our AFLUA president. So he's... Legacy is not just on field. He's trying to create. Now, we're obviously on the back nine of our careers, Brett, myself, and a few other guys, but he's trying to leave our game of or sport of umpiring in a better position for the next wave coming through, which I think shows where he sits in our game. Now, from a personal point of view, and you, you are a friend of mine. Let's declare that right here, right now. And Brett has been a long time mate of mine, yep. even at Waffle Days. And I've had this connection with umpiring, and, and I, I don't take kindly to uh, the, 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 caning of umpiring and making that as the excuse for teams and stuff. And I know it's sort of, we're slowly getting on top of that, but it still does happen. Um, one thing Brett Rosebury has always done in his time is, you don't know he's out there half the time. He's he's the calmest, coolest dude. And I know him personally, I, and you can almost see when he's getting agitated, but he doesn't express it. No. And that's what makes him great because he'll make, make that say potentially poor umpire decision look actually pretty good the way he sells it. Less is more, strong signal, strong eye contact, and players almost know, okay, and they get it. And that's the special skill that he has. And we've always tried to, I guess, um, be like him, but it, he just has that skill. Is, is he your cookie-cutter umpire? If you were to cookie-cutter an umpire, is he the one predominantly fit? I know he's had a yep. few issues in the last couple of years, but fit, yep. great bouncer of the ball. Yep. And a seen and not heard umpire. He is he is the perfect thing. If he added my humour and my character to that, <laughs> I reckon he'd be the quintessential umpire. But no, he's a, and I, I know he's probably listening because I gave him the bit of a word up, but I did want to acknowledge him. And the um, the great game of football should acknowledge Brett Roseby, not just as the umpire, but as the person that he is. If you have a question for Dean, 13 12 55 is the number or 0487 736 736. Now, every time you come on and come in, you know we're going to get the people having their say. We love the people. Mike of Woodlands. On the subject of Steve Hocking, and thank you for listening, Mike. He's a good listener. Given that Dean's connection, can you please ask him when he leaves umpiring, is he going to put his hand up to be the CEO at West Coast? Really, Mike? I know. Really? I know. I love the fact that Mike listens, but that's just being scurrilous <laughs> and mischievous <laughs> and is not on my agenda one bit. All righty. Um, Talk about the, the ranks of the WA Footy Commission ranks. Um, Gabby Simmons, AFLW, Jordan Fry, who got a game yes. recently as well. Um, what about opportunities there? And, and, and are you always on the lookout for umpires? And, and where do they need to start? Well, essentially, um, our pathway is pretty clear. Um, you know, most umpires start when they're 11, 12, 13 years of age. Some will start on the boundary. Why do you think they start at that age? It's the age where you're just starting to t- put your first toe into, um, you're getting a bit older at school, um, and I think the best part of an umpiring team, it's not about what you learn on the field, let's mm-hmm. say, it's the skills it brings off the field. It allows you to have a conversation. It allows you to deal with conflict. It allows you to um, concentrate under the heat, um, discuss things with adults. You know, you've got team managers and coaches, and mm. at 13, that can be pretty intimidating. Um, it's still sometimes intimidating for me when I have to deal with some coaches at AFL level, but I, I think it, it's, it adds to your CV. And I see lots of umpires that we've got at Waffle always put me down as a referee, and I'm happy to do that. But I think as an employer, you go, oh, this umpiring caper, what's that like? And it opens up a conversation. I think it opens up doors for um, better things in life as well. Dean Margetz is in the studio. If you have a question for Dean, text away 0487 736 736 or call 13 12 
A uh, couple of subjects I'd like to talk to you about. Off the ball free kicks, the focus from all three umpires at all times. And also the emergency. Can you just tell me what role the emergency umpire pays when yeah. obviously he can't, can't, well, I don't think he can blow the whistle. Only for very, very violent acts right in front of him potentially, but that's very, very rare at AFL level, as we know. His role is pretty significant. He certainly helps with um, with shot clock, you know, so we can umpire and have to keep looking up at the scoreboard for the 15 seconds. So we'll, we'll just get a little message in the air. And on the on the week, on Monday night, Louis Jago was our emergency. He would always say 15 seconds gone, so then we can communicate that. When was the last time you called an umpire to play on after the 30 seconds? And, and is that just a, a theatric or an optic or a part of the game? Just to try and move the game yeah. up, you're going to be, it's going to be harsh to penalise a player to call him play so on. Just, just for the education for the listeners, so a player gets 30 seconds. Once you take the mark and you're walking back to your line, you get 30 seconds to take your kick. At, at 15 seconds, we'll say 15 seconds gone, move it on. And then if they haven't started to take their walk in at about six or seven, we'll start to blow a whistle, whistle, whistle. Yep. And if they still haven't, play on. I think the last play we called on, Tim, was probably Tom Hawkins about seven or eight years ago down wow. at um, Jimba Stadium. So it's very rare. Um, in regards to that, um, if a player says I'm having a shot and you believe he's having a shot from 55 out yep. and he says I'm having a shot but he pulls the kick deliberately and passes it, does it go into the memory bank? Do you Not, think it does? Uh, I don't think so. We've got. To, I think most AFL players within that sort of 55, 60 range, we give them that opportunity. Now, we can't control their next act. That's up to the players. But certainly 75, 80, we know that can't possibly happen. That's common sense. And and all umpires study the, the footy form. We know who the, the people who can kick long distances. We know who's generally going to you know, dump the ball for a short pass. But certainly in that sort of... Uh, 50-55, they're entitled to have a shot at goal. All right, we've got Westy from Denmark, who's a mad footy man. Uh, he's online. He wants to talk to you, Dean Margetts. Thank you for calling, uh, Westy. 13-12-55, you've got a question for Dean. Hey, guys. Hey, Dean. Hey, Hello, Westy. I just wanted to... It's more of a... Oh, how you going? I just, it's more of a comment than a question. I, I've uh, recently, just this year, started umpiring a bit of... Uh, local footy down here in the Albany League. Mate, Thank I'm just you. starting with the Colts. Thank you. I'm really enjoying it. But one thing i found is the biggest problem is you're not out there on your own umpiring. You've got 20 other umpires out there giving you <laughs> advice and giving you a back chat, you know? Yep. And the, 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 I think the reason for this is is they watch the, the footy on telly and they see the, the senior players doing the same thing, you know? You, mm. you, you know it's pretty annoying. Is, is there a way with the umpires association can maybe legislate that anybody who t- talks to the umpire, uh, it's an automatic 50, a little bit like rugby union, where the, the captain is the only person who gets to talk to the umpire. You, know? you could stamp that sort of thing out. Yeah, it's a good question. Do we want to make the game that sterile where players can't have an interaction with the umpire, though, Westy? I mean, I think there are times where an ump- a player can come up to an umpire and say, hey, hey, Westy, was that holding the ball or was that a high tackle? Just for my own education. I think if we approach it in a really methodical, respectful way, we should have that. At AFL level, I can't remember the last time I paid an abusive 50-metre penalty because I reckon I've got a pretty good rapport with players being having done it for 20 years. But I think, and you've just started, Westy, in time when you start to build a respect and a rapport with players, I think you'll find that will improve. I understand what you're saying, particularly at junior and country level, but I think if you can get your message across in a respectful way, they'll start to treat you as a, as a person, which you are, and are probably a better umpire as well. Yeah, thanks for that. And thank you for contributing to the game, yeah, mate. Well done, that, Westy. Without you, Westy, um, those players aren't playing. They sometimes forget that as well. Yeah, nice call. Good on you, Westy. Fantastic. There's Westy's call, 13-12-55, and a good call, and great to see he's taken up the umpiring there. Um, one of the uh, areas that raised the ire of a lot of fans 
on Monday night, albeit very tricky conditions being wet that it was, was the failing to make insufficient effort to keep the ball in play. And there was a couple. And I saw, I'm pretty sure Jack Darling was involved in a couple of them, was quite demonstrative in his action. It was raised by a lot of people. I think um, it was a little, a little bit of confusion. First of all, set me the rule, please. What is the rule? So deliberate out of bounds is a word that we've sort of parked at the moment. Um, the actual new wording, as you just said, is players must demonstrate a sufficient intent, sufficient intent to keep the ball in play. Is that the kicker or the ball, the player who's nearest the ball as it goes out? The kicker. We've got to try and have them show intent. So there are some, some examples on the weekend. Uh, I think there was a couple that maybe Gaff might have kicked. There was one that Hearn kicked. And what happens sometimes, players will tend to accentuate and they leave when they know the ball's going out to try and, I guess, confuse the umpire. But I think what we want as footy people is to have the ball in play, the ball in motion. And I got a sense on Monday night that some players felt the conditions might play in the umpires maybe tweaking their interpretation a bit. But, you know, certainly our coaching message is we need to be strong on that decision irrespective of conditions. I think there was one that we didn't pay against Gaffer. It did come off the side of the boot um, in front of probably the commentary box, Tim, where I remember saying to Daniel, uh, my co-umpire, um, skill error, don't pay that one. So... The, the supportive teamwork that we do is important. So those comms and that 360 view we get of the game, we need to try and apply the best view we can to get the best outcome. So, But I think also that the players have adjusted very well. And I think most players now when they appeal for it, generally are pretty accurate in their appeals. Now that's not, we don't respond to that obviously, but certainly they're aware of it more and they understand the law a lot more. And I think, I think spectators and commentators like are starting to sit uh, and understand it better as well. If you have a rule defini- a rule that you would like clarified or preferably not a one-on-one rule or, or an incident you saw that you've got that has got your back up, I'd love to hear from you this morning. 13 12 55 is the open line number or text 0487 736 736. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back. Dean Mar gets us in the studio. AFL umpire, how many games, Dean? bit less than Brettie, but 372. 372. And Brett Rosebury will do 450 this week? 450 AFL. And when you add his waffle game, yeah. it's close to 520. And wow. as I say, it's just a, it's a massive number. Do you we think, know what game he's doing? Oh, I should know, shouldn't I? Yeah. I, I, I should have, no, Are I you doing it with him? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Let's get to it right now. Give us a call right here. 0487 736 736 text or 131255. Let's get a breakaway. Dean Mar gets us in the studio. Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Welcome back. 21 past 11. This is the Sporting Goss on a Wednesday. Dean Margetts, AFL umpire, is in the studio. I've received a text from a gentleman who you know who'd like uh, the right of reply. (laughs) Ian of Australind is online. He has a question for you. Thanks for your patience, Ian. No, good. Um, In in a uh, um, marking contest, are you allowed to lift lift your uh, up, uh, mate up higher so he can catch, uh, mark the ball. Okay, are you allowed to lift a teammate up in a contest? Ian, I've been umpiring AFL for close to 20 years and I've never seen that happen. So I just don't think it's fundamentally almost possible to happen. What you can't do is you can't sit on an, uh, a fellow teammate's shoulders Deliberately, on, like, the, on the mark. Like like a, a shoulder ride. You can't do that. Like we saw with, obviously, Dane Rampey climbing the post. So that doesn't happen. <laughs> Simon Beasy was kicking for after the siren about 1985 and we had all those players on the ground and someone, I think yes. it was Mike Richardson, yes. sat on his teammate's shoulders. Yes. And after that, that was outlawed. But as far as lifting, uh, you can lift a person up if you can, but I just can't see that'll happen happening. If that happens then, I'm going to send you a shirt for sure. Yeah, but you could say to your teammate, hey, if it's close to the line, 
jump in my back, like like take oh, a take a capper on me. Absolutely, you can absolutely att- uh, contest the footy because yep. we want every player to uh, obviously go for the ball. Good but question. as far as lifting, um, it's just the way the game's played. I just can't see how it would happen. Good question, Ian, and Thanks, thank Mark. you for your patience. Uh, this is from uh, Brett of Melbourne, who's listening on the app. So at, you, you mentioned that he hasn't forgiven you no. for a decision you made when he was playing yep. and he, you were umpiring. So I was I was probably 23, 22. How old was Brett? He was about 17. Was he any good as a player? No, no good. Wide okay. receiver, yeah. okay. complainer, Did he whiner. complain? Yeah. When you know That's why he became an umpire because someone said, why don't you umpire? And he goes, well, I could be better than you. And he started and he ended up being better than all of us. So there you go. <laughs> I want to quote Brett on the text. Thank you, Brett, for texting in. Is that Brett from Cremoyne? That's the Brett. It was an unwarranted holding the ball Dean paid against me back in 1995 that cost the mighty Armadale Demons a prelim spot. Not bitter at all. 1995. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love Brady. It's it's it probably sort of formed the career that he has. Um, but he, he, can I just say, Tim, I was over in Melbourne probably four or five weeks ago. He invited me to his lovely place in Cremoyne, cooked me a lovely dinner. We sat on the couch, hugged. I thought we'd moved on from that, but clearly it still sits in his crux. He bought me dinner uh, <laughs> many moons ago, I think when Channel 10 had the rights. So it was grand final eve. We went out to dinner with him, Matty Stevick. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, it was good, a, a good time. Um, I paid. All righty. Jack on the text line. Thank you, Jack. He's listening. Now, a lot of our listeners are listening on uh, SEN Spirit 621, so we've got a good reach uh, right through the state. And this is from Bunbury, Willow. Wondering if you could discuss hands in the back rule. I like it when we seem to uh, – it seems to be a lot of push in the back free kicks are missed since they got rid of it. So the ch- can you explain the change of rule, the push in the back? Because yep. you can hold your ground, Correct. but you can't motion forward. Correct. So um, the hands in the back rule, which was brought in for probably six, seven years ago, we took that out. Um, so we, irrespective of force, your hands could be placed in the back. That would be a free kick. That's been removed now. So what we're saying now is you can hold your ground. If a player's – if you've got – Perfect ball position in a contest. You can hold your ground, put your hands in there. But it's that double action, that clear second sort of push out, which takes the player out. And most of the times as umpires, when we see that push and then the ball goes over the back and the player making the push doesn't contest the ball or mark the ball, that's a very big cue for us. Some players will mark it and we'll probably adjudicate that's actually enough force to warrant the mark to stand. But generally that two action pushing out is a free kick these days. You can only really pay that if you're side on. Yep. Okay. Yep. The real estate salesman says, location, location, location. Yeah. The umpire's coach says, position, position, position. All righty. Uh, umpiring games, Monday night, wet weather. Can you talk to me about the adjustments you had to make as an umpire? Yeah, it was a bit different. Well, when you're going into the game that we weren't going to be bouncing, and myself, Jeff Douglas, and Dan liked to bounce, so that sort of was taken off the radar. Um, but we certainly spoke pre-game about you know, there'll be some sliding, the potential for contact leather knees. We, there may be some more insufficient intense and just the ball will be slippery so don't blow whistle too quickly for marks hold your whistle so you have to adapt a bit and to the players credit you know both players from north and west coast they i think they handled the conditions pretty well because it was quite swirly and breezy and and the balls were sitting up and carrying so everyone has to adjust and i guess we're professional enough to do that changing of the ball during the game does the ball change can you i know it's under the covid law and rules Mm. and we see the ball the ball basket behind where they throw the ball back in how many balls are in motion and do you change them if they get too heavy or is that just tools of the trade well it doesn't actually happen anymore we actually have six balls in play there's two there's two balls behind the goals each end and obviously the one we play with and the emergency umpire has a spare one on, on the on the bench so obviously when a ball gets kicked into the crowd um then the 
the player can go get the ball out of the bucket. So there's constantly balls rotating. So you never have that old, back in when you were playing, Tim, yeah. the old same ball for the whole ground. Gets kicked into the mud, comes back. It's heavy. Oh. You can't bounce. You can't kick it. So I think players and umpires today, we're very fortunate. Every time we get the ball back, it's in really good condition. And I think the actual ball itself, the leather itself, is just better quality as well. Are you, um, uh, when you, and they're great footies, the Sherons, and of course Burley here in Western <coughs> Australia, which they use, are they very different to umpire and bounce with and feel? Yep, different feel. Um, the Burley's a little bit sort of rounder as a footy generally. Um, I, I haven't used the Burley for a while, but certainly um, you become used to the Sherons. But you umpired in the waffle? Yeah, early in the season. Early yeah. this season yeah. on your So it back? was noticeable for me, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I find that the Sherons are a little bit more consistent in their shape, I guess, whereas Billy's can be a little bit different. And that's do, you a, know, do you know a bad – I know it's like golf balls, it's like anything. Do you know a bad footy when you've yeah. got it and you go, oh, yeah. no? Yeah, you do. Some of do you want to turf it and yeah, get the other one? So sometimes <laughs> what clubs do, because the players don't like – Tennis them. ball – guys, sorry. It's true. Guys serving, they'll, they'll have – and they won't even look. Yeah. They'll feel and they'll yep. know, I don't want that ball, and yep. they turf it, turf it back to the ball ball. When we get the balls out of the bag, we sort of go – that's that's the one. That's the starting that ball, hundred percent. Right? Because some will be the perfect shape. It's like the perfect apple, the perfect orange. Uh, and some footage you go, oh, I don't like that. Put a little cross in that one. We'll just keep that on the bench. That's what we would do. But some clubs hate new balls as well. So what they'll do is probably pre in that week they might kick the the, the match balls in. So they're not brand new. They're not out of the, the plastic bag. No, no, not necessarily. Is not that ne- right? Not necessarily. Yep. So a club and each club provides the match day they, balls. They provide the match. So day the balls. other night it was West Coast providing the six. They yep. probably have more, yep. but they have six that are in motion. Yep. And you're telling me that they're not all brand new. Well, they're brand new, but some, some. I think some might be in, in the Thursday session might just kick him in a bit. So Is that, that but we right? get them. They get them brand new, but they're just a bit. Yeah. Just that it's like a brand new shoe. After two weeks, yeah. it's the perfect fit. Yeah. Molds you, and it's the same for players. They like that nice feel that's been molded to their boot. That's a good one. Uh, Brett Rosebury is doing St Kilda versus Port Adelaide. Big game, that one. Uh, do we know what fixture you're doing? Carlton Collingwood, 3.20 at the G, or hopefully whoa, at the G on Saturday. Whoa. Yeah. With, a, with a young umpire, Alex Wetton, who's doing his 50th game. So you've got an umpire who's doing 4.50 and one's doing 50. So when you talk about that 400 yeah. game, the amount of kilometres, travel, decisions made in that difference is quite significant. Yeah. Uh, another question from Martin. Hello, Martin. Does Dean want to keep umpiring? When is enough enough? I still love it. I'm still competitive. I had a bit of a disjointed start to the season with coming back from my stress fracture. So I'm only sort of starting to feel really good now. So it's, the season's going to be over in sort of five or six weeks. So, um, yeah, I still love it. I think I still love going to training. I, I, I love the camaraderie we have in our team where we're like the 19th club. I still have a bit of juice left in the orange to squeeze, Tim. So, yeah, I, at the moment, I think I'm on hole 14. F- few to go. Hopefully, <laughs> if I can keep the ball straight in the fairway. Now, some some people might disagree and say, "Mate, it's time to chuff off now." But I just love the game. I love I love watching the players. I love watching them train. I love seeing what they do and the stress it causes coaches. And I know what our department goes through and how much we're all invested in making our contribution a positive one to the game. And I love seeing young umpires come through at Waffle. And I want to I want to try and assist their growth and development. So when I'm old and grey, you might say that's now, <laughs> but certainly. I just want to play my part. Yeah. And you play a great part. And you play a great part by putting yourself up to come into this studio every couple of weeks. Uh, we appreciate coming in. We appreciate the AFL uh, allowing you to come in. Uh, it is basically a free roadmap to discuss. The fact is you take calls. You are very much at the centre of a lot of people's footy diet <laughs> each and every week. Dean, yeah, you yeah. get that. 
but you are incredibly thick-skinned. You're a good fella, and I appreciate you coming in. We'll do it again in a couple of weeks. No, thanks, Tim. But before I go, can I just give a quick shout-out? Um, it's my partner. Oh, Ed. I saw this. It would be remiss of me. I know she's listening, so to my partner, Katrina Fife, who turns 49 today. Fife? Fife, F-Y-F-E, no relation, so you can take... What? Yes. She's from Scottish background. So you can categorically say... I can. ...no relation to the Fremantle captain? No, not whatsoever. Wow. She's from Glasgow. Okay. Mm. But love it a bit, and um, we'll certainly... I'm actually taking her to the Waffle W Awards night tonight. So does that count as like a date or a dinner out or that like... Well, that's cheap for you then. It's quite cheap for me. You can say to her, these 300 people are all here for your birthday. <laughs> I'm going to take a cupcake and a little cheeky candling. Like, thanks, Tim. Appreciate good, your Good time. on your fifey, and well done to you, Dean Margetts. Let's get news away. This is the Sporting Goals. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.